0: Hello, this is Daryl Kessel with today's Kessel Report. This is Friday, the 14th day of January, and this, the year 2022. I'm going to be talking about the incident at the nation's capital on January 6, 2021. I know you've heard the story ad nauseum from politicians and media pundits, but my goal is to tell the story from a different angle that perhaps you have not heard least not heard very much. I refer you as a reference to my Castle Report Index or from the archives of January 15, 2021, to hear my previous statement on January 6th. Fairness is a rather ancient concept in the Western world, going back to at least the days of the Magna Carta in 1215. It is a world under assault today, very threatened right now, but still The desire to be treated fairly is one of the most common desires in humanity. Lady Justice, that all lawyers are familiar with, is a symbol of society's efforts to be fair, to achieve justice, to achieve equal protection under the law. The lady is pictured holding a scale in her right hand and a sword in her left, and she is blindfolded. She weighs the evidence, you see, without seeing any undue influence, and she backs up her justice with the sword. Go to Europe, and you will see the same symbol with a different artist's touch, a more medieval look to the lady. But it's all a symbol of a desire, a pledge to seek justice and fairness in our legal system here in the West. Today, I'm afraid we have replaced the symbol of Lady Justice with a pre-set orthodoxy which is clearly defined at the outset of events. In other words, we know the results we want, so let's make the evidence take us there. It's even hard to determine who is in charge, who is responsible for failure. I mentioned last week that power seems to reside in a complex network of individuals and organizations pulling in different directions to achieve different ends. The one thing about power that seems clear to me is that the U.S. is ruled by money to interest, the deep state or managerial administrative state, if you prefer, and most of all by lies. The lies force us to live in a false reality that sometimes is important to us, so we insist that the lies are, in fact, reality. The lies affect everything, pull the strings attached to the politicians so that, as a nation, no sensible policy or foreign or domestic is even possible. For example, it is obvious to me that the reason for the sudden push to provoke war with Russia is cover for the highest inflation in 40 years, supply chain disruptions, collapsing borders, stupid, illogical COVID policies, et cetera. What does all this have to do with January 6th? Well, I'm trying to get there, folks. The president, early in his term, said that his goal was to correct or cure the divisions in the country caused by four years of Donald Trump. If that was indeed his goal, he has failed miserably, just my opinion. But I sense that the country is far more divided than it was under Trump's leadership. For example, once trusted agencies of the federal government are now routinely viewed as corrupt, perhaps with more class than some banana republics, but with the same goal in mind. A recent Washington Post poll found that 34 percent of Americans— think violent action against the government can be justifiable. 40% of Republicans, 23% of Democrats hold that view, according to the Post. In other words, whether violent action is justified or not may depend on who is elected. If Trump had been re-elected, perhaps Antifa and Black Lives Matter thugs would have been in the Capitol instead of the idiots who were. Instead of an effort to use the riot to bring about unity, or at least some understanding, president and some other politicians use lies and exaggerations to describe it for what appears to be a naked effort to institutionalize permanent political power in one party. In the filibuster, they say, so that we can all be one nation, one nation under a socialistic bureaucratic, quote, democracy. I stand in the breach, the president said. I stand in the breach. I will defend this nation, I will allow no one to place a dagger at the throat of our democracy, end quote. Yes. Yes, thank you, Mr. President. I feel so much more confident. Now, with you defending the nation, some more presidential phrases from the voting rights speech this week in Atlanta, quote, this was an attempted coup to impose the will of the mob to overthrow free And fair elections, for the first time in U.S. history, it was an effort to stop the peaceful transfer of power, end quote. Nancy Pelosi, even more political in her lies." quote, What the Republicans are doing across the country is really a legislative continuation of January 6th, end quote. Are these politicians and their media arm just using this event to their fullest advantage, or is it more sinister than that? I have in front of me. An 83-page report from Revolver News detailing FBI involvement in the January 6th riot. You can find that report yourself by just going to Revolver News' website. And the report called Meet Ray Epps. Revolver does the work that the New York Times and the Washington Post should be doing, if only their masters in money and politics would permit it. I noticed as well that yesterday, Russia Today picked up the Roy Ray Epps story, and ran a piece off the Revolver Network's work. This report details how one man named Ray Epps is on camera many times, actively trying to recruit people to breach the Capitol. He appears to orchestrate the first breach of the Capitol barricades at 12.50 p.m. While Trump is still speaking, 20 minutes left in his speech, the Capitol police were responding to a false pipe bomb report, so they had fewer resources and just one minute to respond. It was the 12.50 p.m. breach. While Trump was still speaking, one and one-half miles away, that proved to be the fateful event. Suspicious persons never identified, took down barricades, and apparently, with the full cooperation of the Capitol Police, went inside the Capitol. The revolver report lists... A network of unindicted operators who appear to have had key roles in the actual event but have received virtually no media attention, whose names the FBI will not discuss. The FBI put Ray Epps on its Capital Violence Most Wanted list on January 8, 2021. A cash reward was offered for his whereabouts. So they thought he was important, but six months later, still no charges filed against him, although... Hundreds of people had been arrested, held in very constitutionally questionable conditions. The FBI's response was to quietly purge from media access all their files on Ray Epps, then switch to a tactic of, well, we've never heard no man. Who is he? Never heard of him. The specter of Ray Epps hangs over this event, but strangely, the January 6th Commission established by Nancy Pelosi in Congress has not only failed to show any interest, but has not spoken a single word against him. The FBI and Congress, unfortunately, both Democrat and Republican members, have a very strong interest in making Epps, the day's best recruiter of rioters, go quietly away. Quote, if Epps turns out to have been some kind of government operative which at present is the only clean and simple explanation for his immunity. It is game over for the official MAGA insurrection narrative of 1-6. If Ray Epps is a Fed, the insurrection becomes the insurrection and one fails. So in quote, that's a quote from the Revolver article. The various federal law enforcement agencies probably would not have acted alone, thus the thousands of hours of video surveillance Unavailable to the public or to the media as well as the many, obviously, there but unindicted people. The Revolver article has many examples of Fed involvement in various protest movements. In fact, the estimate of federal officers at such events is estimated at 16 to 25 percent of the total participation. In recent times, quoting again from the article, in recent times, Attacks blamed on right wing militias have blown past the 16% mark on the Fed Saturation Index and have been clocking in at a whopping 25 to 50%. As Revolver, as previously noted, infiltrating the Feds are like roaches. When you spot one, it's guaranteed there are dozens of others nearby. Feds simply never, ever operate alone. End quote. Don't forget, folks, the 12 FBI informants involved in a tiny supposedly militia plot to kidnap the governor of Michigan just recently. I wonder how many folks who will believe me when I state with the evidence that the events of January 6th were an FBI sting operation and not a Trump supporter coup trying to overthrow by force to do the duly elected government, no matter what the evidence. Many will assume I'm exaggerating or lying that this is one of the continuing reasons for the eroded status of federal law enforcement and the federal government in general as a source of authority, but every empire needs its secret police folks to protect it from domestic terrorists and to instill fear in the masses. The lust for power and control of those in power seems to recognize no limits, so they slander those who do not surrender to them. Trust is, therefore, at an all-time low and sinking. Here are some examples. The press reports American democracy in peril. Just Google that phrase if you don't believe me. The president and every Democrat politician has warned many times about how democracy is in peril. Hundreds of books have been written about it. The Atlantic tells us the danger is imminent and reports to us that America is running out of time It is obvious that this so-called insurrection was anything but, and yet the media continually writes things that appear to be lies or disinformation. Why do that, unless you're trying to help? More favored ones gain and keep power over others. For what purpose? To force others to do what you want, I guess. Why use some lying, corrupt methods to gain power if you can't use that power against the powerless? How low does this go? Just listen to this story from the front page of my hometown newspaper, The Commercial Appeal of Memphis, Tennessee, January 6, 2022. Quote, I'd rest easier if the effort by Nazis, neo-Confederates, Proud Boys, and other assorted racists and cultists who ransacked the Capitol last January 6 and threatened to kill lawmakers for certifying Joe Biden's Electoral College win reflected a single event. End quote. This writer then goes on to tie the events to every incident that has ever happened every time there is black progress going back literally to the Civil War. She has no idea how many of those people she labels, how much they look like FBI agents. In conclusion, folks, the Italian economist Wilfredo Pareto once said that whatever you call your government, whether monarchy, democracy, or whatever, The people are never really in charge. There is always a small group of insiders, of movers and shakers, a rich, powerful elite he called the foxes who take charge of government. In America today, as I've said, there is a complicated network of people and organizations who seem to control power. Other people, such as the commercial appeal writer I just mentioned, are content to help the corrupt gain power so they can have some influence in what the corrupt power does to the rest of us. Finally, folks, power, those who lust for it, especially those who achieve it, are indescribably wicked, evil people. Government simply cannot be allowed to run amok outside the rules of law as it does now. No one, no agency of government is accountable to the Constitution or other legal limits on power. We, as a result, are the victims Of out of control government, all of us, even those who want to use government to impose their will on an unwilling minority. Hundreds of people held in what has come to be called the D.C. dungeon are fine examples of this, punished without trial, held in deplorable conditions for over a year. Why is no one charged with insurrection for which they are all accused? I'll offer an explanation to that, folks. To charge these people and put them in front of a jury would expose the government to the discovery of their lies, which would bring into the public eye fedsurrection. It's far better to use a powerful federal official from the Department of Justice or the Washington District Attorney's Office to intimidate guilty pleas out of people. Look, Mr. Domestic Terrorist, this is a federal crime, so you're looking at a 20-year mandatory minimum sentence So. How much better, how much easier, how much safer to just plead guilty for only three years? They can't be trusted, folks, so don't listen to their lies anymore. Even if their lies support your political views, their disregard of the individual rights of those subject to them seems to me to arise from their nihilistic view of life, i.e., there's nothing above us. We're subject to nothing, therefore nothing but power and force matter. Take the side of the people and not the government choose liberty. That would be my advice to you folks. Is there any way to reverse this short of violent revolution which would undoubtedly install even worse tyrants perhaps? The peaceful revolution of the mind that Ron Paul used to talk about. A revolution of the mind that would be an ideological shift to liberty in the minds of the people and the action to support it. At least it would be a start, folks. At least that's the way I see it. Till next time folks, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.